Today's scripture reading is from the book of John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 17. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish for they were not far from the land only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We are in the final week of a sermon series called Diving In. We've been looking at stories of Jesus with people by bodies of water and seeing how in that story, Jesus invites us to dive in more deeply in faith. The first week we went to the Sea of Galilee with Jesus and there he invited us to dive more deeply into the peace that he offers in the storms of life. The second week we went to the healing pool at Bethsaida and there Jesus invited us to dive more deeply into the hope of new life that he offers before we ever know his name. The third week we went to a well where Jesus invited us to dive more deeply into faith by sharing it with someone else and watching those ripple effects. Last week, we went back to the Sea of Galilee, and there Jesus invited us to dive more deeply into faith 
as we are with all our questions and doubts and uncertainties. Today, we stay at the Sea of Galilee. How will Jesus invite us to dive more deeply into faith once more? Would you pray with me? Holy, holy God, prepare our hearts and minds this day that we could be with you by the Sea of Galilee and enter into this story in a new way. Pour into our hearts and into our spirits your grace, your mercy, your love, that we would grow more and more as disciples and dive in to all that you offer us. This we pray as we also pray that the words of my mouth and meditations of all of our hearts would be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock, our redeemer, our refuge, our anchor, our everything. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be familiar with if-then statements. They set up a condition. If the first clause is true, then the second part of the statement kicks in. For instance, if it is a holiday weekend, then 95 will be a parking lot on Thursday. If there is snow forecasted in northern Virginia, then the grocery store shelves will be empty. If you wash your car, then it will always rain. If you want to stream the latest blockbuster movie, then it will be available on the one service to which you do not subscribe. If you like the current Washington football quarterback, then you will be sad when that person is benched or injured or traded. And if the Caps make it to the playoffs, then they will choke. Sometimes, I'm sorry, but we're still dedicated fans. If, then, you get the idea. Peter and John and some of the disciples in our story today have their own if-then conversation with Jesus. They're out, as the story begins, fishing on the Sea of Tiberias, which is also known as the Sea of Galilee. It's this sea in the Middle East that's shaped like an earlobe or a harp, and at its widest part, it's about eight miles wide. Our story takes place after the crucifixion of Jesus and after the resurrection of Jesus. The disciples decide they're going fishing. Perhaps since Jesus' death, they are considering giving up on discipleship and are going back to being watermen. It's what they did before they ever met Jesus. They were likely trying now to figure out what to do with their lives now that Jesus would not physically be with them every day. They were having a bit of an identity crisis. They may have been hungry for fish, too, or needed to get out on the water to think. 
Once fishing gets in your blood, I hear that it never really leaves you. And that time on the water does something to your soul. It lets you think. It makes sense then with Jesus now dead and the guys not clear on what to do next that Peter simply said, I am going fishing. And six of the other disciples joined him that day on this sea they knew so well, this sea they had traveled and fished on a myriad of times. Frankly, they don't have much luck fishing that night. Jesus shows up and watches them from the shore, this resurrected Jesus, and asks them about the catch. They're about a hundred yards out. Catching anything, Jesus says. The guys don't recognize him. Then Jesus says, you don't have any fish, do you? They say no. He suggests that they cast their nets on the right side of the boat. And like those of us who've ever gone fishing and were so eager to catch something that we would take advice from anybody, they follow this stranger's suggestion. And when they do, they catch 153 fish. It's an odd little detail in the story. And different scholars have different theories as to why it is 153, but there's not a salient reason. The big point is, it's a lot of fish. And they've had this happen before. From zero to abundance in a matter of seconds. It's one of Jesus' signature miracles, and it is his way of being. From scarcity to more than we think possible, when that happens, they recognize who it must be there on the shore. And Peter is so excited. He throws some clothes on. You remember Peter, all in, go big or go home, Peter. He throws the clothes on, jumps in the water, and swims back to the shore to be with Jesus. And the guys are left to haul in the fish by themselves. And when they go ashore, Jesus has this charcoal fire already going. And they cook fish on it for breakfast. And after they eat, Jesus asks Simon Peter a few questions. In fact, it's the same question Jesus asks him three times. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Lord. You know I love you. Jesus says, then feed my lambs. Simon, son of John, Jesus asks the second time, do you love me? He says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus says, then tend my sheep. Jesus asks him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter's hurt that he asks him yet again. Yes, Lord, he says, you know everything. You know that I love you. Then Jesus says, feed my sheep. If then, why ask Peter three times? 
Could it be that asking three times is connected to the fact that Peter had denied knowing Jesus three times when Jesus was arrested? It was the last time Simon Peter had stood by a charcoal fire just a few chapters back in John 18. Could it be that asking John three times means this question matters and how we answer it matters? How we answer the question apparently has directive implications. It is an if-then condition. Jesus asks, do you love me? Peter says, yes, okay. If you love me, then do something with that love. Love for Jesus becomes action for and on behalf of others. The disciples were trying to remember how trying to figure out what their new identity would be now that Jesus was not there physically with them every day. In this conversation, Jesus gives them direction. They get purpose. They get meaning. If they love Jesus, then love for Jesus results in living love out for someone else. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Tend my lambs. It's true not only for Peter. It's true for all of us. If we love Jesus, then we have this mission. One of my clergy friends told me that this was the story that God used to call him into ministry as pastor. The rest of us can live this out in our daily lives as well. What does it look like? One of our church members, Scott Campbell, some of you may know him. He serves on our church's governing board. He shared a story with me and gave me permission to share it with you in the sermon. He wrote it down for me. True story. It was Easter one year. And he and his wife, Sherry, were going to visit their daughter and family in Richmond, Virginia, going to church that day to worship at a church known as Area 10 that meets in the historic Bird Theater in Carytown. It's where his daughter's family goes. And that morning, Scott wrote, there were people everywhere. The streets were jammed with cars. And as they went to the bird, Scott noticed something that looked out of place. It was an old camouflage backpack. He said it looked odd there in the midst of the ocean of holiday Easter pastels. As they stood in line, he saw that camouflage pack again. This time it was crumpled on the sidewalk by someone's feet. He passed by and he heard his family say, oh, that's sad. He asked what? They said that guy was telling the greeter that he wasn't worthy. Scott turned around to see who that guy was. And it was the man with the camouflage pack. Scott felt God telling him to turn around and go back. And so he did. He went back to the man and smiled and the man grimaced at him. Then Scott felt God 
calling him to do a little more. And so we went into the lobby at the church and got two coffees and took one back to the man. And he took it gratefully. Scott then went back to his family and he felt God telling him to go get the man and bring him in. The nudge was more powerful this time. Seats were filling quickly and Scott got up and walked outside to the man and he was still loitering there outside the church. Scott said, hey, why don't you come in? No, the man said, I don't want the place to burn down if I go in. Scott wasn't sure what to say. He felt God telling him to look at the man's shirt, and Scott looked down, and it had the letters E-C-U. And Scott was familiar with East Carolina University and their mascot of a pirate. So he told the man, if the church didn't burn down when I went in, it won't when you do. And he pointed to the man's shirt and said, pirates are welcome. The man considered it, then picked up his pack and walked in with him. They introduced themselves to each other, and Scott asked if he was a veteran. And the man said, yes, Marine. Scott said he was too. And the man wanted to sit at the back, but Scott's family was at the front, and so we said goodbye and went to rejoin his family. Then the Easter sermon came that day by Pastor Chris Barris. It was about the resurrection of Christ that gives all of us a shot at getting our heads and hearts in God's love. It's a chance for the ultimate do-over, the pastor said. A chance to live that love out. And when it was time for communion, Scott said he felt God nudging him to do more in his mission that day. He had more work to do in love. Scott's family rose to go up for communion and Scott peeled off in the opposite direction to go look for the man and found him on the back row still there at church. He said he went over to him and whispered, how about we take communion together? The man protested, I don't know. And Scott said, come on, man. Two Marines together can do anything. The man got up. And off they went. Scott put his arm around him. They walked up and took communion together. And after the service, Scott introduced his family to him. They said their goodbyes, and he said he still wonders what happened to that gentleman. That's the mission, right? That is the mission that Jesus gave to Peter. If you love me, then tend my sheep. If the first part is true, if we love Jesus, then we have this direction, mission, and purpose. And that's exactly what Scott lived out that day. He wrote that he had a lot then to think about on the way home and the drive home, he said, took longer than usual and traffic had nothing to do with it that time. as There was a lot rolling around in his head. How close had I come, he wrote, to completely missing the man on that sidewalk? How many streets have I traveled down missing the least lost and lonely? Distracted by trivial matters, how have I not been paying attention to the most important things in life? 
My steps to embrace that man that day had been as tentative as his steps were toward the church door. There were two lost men at the bird that day, that man and me, and probably more. Scott was grateful for how Jesus led him to tend and love the sheep. He wrote that that is how he realized he wants to live. This is who God calls and moves and enables us to be. One broken person walking with another broken person together toward and in Christ's love. Along with everybody else, the sick and the sad, the hurt and the healed, the young and the old, those who do not feel good enough and those who believe they are, those who caught up in sin and those struggling to be reconciled, the skeptics, the cynics, the unbelievers, every single one of us with our different backgrounds and different stories, all of us together. That is Scott's beautiful, humble story. Thank you, Scott Campbell, for sharing it. He got busy with the mission that day. Do you love Jesus? Yes, Lord. You know I love you. Then feed and tend and care for my sheep. Loving someone else takes us out of ourselves. Thanks be to God for that. And Salvadoran Archbishop Oscar Romero said, I'm going to speak to you, and I quote, as one who together with his people has been learning the beautiful but harsh truth that the Christian faith does not cut us off from the world, but immerses us in it. End quote. We dive in to faith by living out the love that we receive from God for others. It is simple and it is profound. A welcome, a cup of coffee, a conversation, an arm to lean on. If we love Jesus, then we live out that love. But make no mistake, God's love for us is not conditional or based on whether we live it out. But how could we keep something that good for ourselves? Jesus gave us a mission. We have a multitude of ways that we can live it out. Do you love me? The question matters. Yes, Lord, you know that I do. The answer matters. And then the mission, the then that follows matters too. There are lots of ways to live that out. Here at church, student ministry, kids rock, the Brisbane shelter, collecting for refugees, the serve food pantry, go for bow, Stafford food security, and our next door neighbors too, our relatives. There's a camouflage pack. 
near us every day. Not only in Richmond, but in Stafford, at Quantico, at work, at school, at home, on a ball field, at the grocery store, on any street. If we love Jesus, then we tend the sheep. It's our mission. Let's dive into faith with lives that live out God's love. Amen and amen. Would you pray with me? Lord, this day we recognize that there are times when we walk right by that camouflage pack that person in need, whether it's family member, a stranger, a friend. Lord, we love you. Help us to live that out with other people. Help that to be our mission and direction in life, our purpose, making disciples and loving others the way you call us to do. We lift up today the continuing situation in Afghanistan. We lift up all the things that break our hearts. We lift up to you as well, all those recovering from the hurricane. Lord, we lift up all our prayers to you as we ask that you would prepare us to celebrate your sacrament today with you and share this meal together. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.